there and welcome to Unleash Your Creative Magic. It's absolutely amazing to have you here. I'm your host Helen Pfeiffer, a published writer of 17 crime novels, both traditionally and indie published. And I'm here to talk to you about the magic of writing, unleashing your creativity and how to set yourself free from being stuck inside the writer's closet. I'd like to share my journey with you from that initial idea for a book to where I am now and all the very messy stuff in between, the highs, the lows and the fuck me this is impossible moments. I hope that somewhere along the way this podcast might be of some use to you. You might even find some inspiration lurking in here. So grab yourself a coffee and come and join me on the writer's couch as we dive right into living your best creative life. Welcome back to Unleash Your Creative Magic. This is episode 24. 24! Can you believe that? I certainly can't. It's flown by, which is proof in itself that you really shouldn't put off anything that you want to do for later because the time will pass by so fast anyway and you still won't have done what you've been dreaming about so you might as well just get on with it. Does that make sense? I hope so. It's a bit deep, isn't it? Good job my proofreader isn't reading this, haha. <laughs> Talking about proofreading, mine got sent back today after a near miss. When I opened the original proofread, I got to page 25 and was thinking, um, this isn't right, I haven't had to accept a thousand changes like usual. So I scrolled through the manuscript and there was suspiciously very little except for a few comments. And after telling you about my horror stories last week, I debated for a few minutes whether I'd actually cracked this whole story writing lark and maybe I'd finally got a relatively clean copy for the first time ever. Or... And this is a big R. I'd been sent the wrong document. And as much as I wanted to believe that bullshit story I was telling myself, the voice of reason spoke loud and clear. You better check if this is the right copy before you spend hours on it, Helen. So I emailed my editor, who had sent it over, and then waited a few hours for a reply. In the meantime, I asked my gorgeous fellow Bookature authors what they thought if I was doing something wrong on the word document. As always, they were there with sage advice and top tips to try. I learn something new every time I have a major cock-up. They are a very wise bunch of writers. But despite their reassurances, I couldn't shake the feeling that something was wrong. So I did get another copy sent through. And lo and behold, this one did have my familiar red lines and lots of accept changes few. This was a lot more like it. I was, however, pleasantly surprised because there weren't as many thousands as usual and once I sat myself down at my desk, I managed to go through the entire thing in a couple of hours. Job done. Another little tip for you. Trust your instincts. I had a niggly feeling that the first copy wasn't right, so double-checked. And I'm so glad I did. I would have been gutted wasting hours on something that needed to be redone all over again. So for me, that's the proofread stage partially completed. Next week or the week after, the final author proofread will come through for both the digital and print versions of the book. And this is where I cheat a little. I've mentioned it before. I still read it through, or should I say, I have a bit of help with somebody to read it through for me. Especially because Paul is super fast at reading. And then when we've both been through it, off it will go, ready to be published on the 11th of October. It's exciting, a little bit stressful, but absolutely wonderful too. 
So now I can devote all my time to getting book 20 finished for my September the 15th deadline. And it's such a wonderful feeling when your book is finally signed off. It's like, phew, thank fuck for that. I get to have a breather for a couple of days, or at least I would if my deadline wasn't so near. I might even tidy my desk, which is a major feat, and will probably take a couple of days to get through all the crap on it. I'm still really enjoying this book though. Or I should say, I'm still really enjoying writing this book though. And it is really funny how some books are a pleasure to write without too much stress and tears. Last week I had the pleasure of watching Dirty Dancing the Musical in Blackpool and it was amazing. I'm not really into musicals, but this was just brilliant. The actors and dancers were fabulous and it was exactly like the film, much to my surprise. And my favourite part when Johnny comes in at the end and says nobody puts baby in the corner made everyone whoop with delight. I sat with my granddaughter Gracie and her mum sat behind with her friends sampling the wine that was on offer from the bar. And if I thought the musical was good, I was way not prepared for the concert all the way home from the back seat, courtesy of Jess and Laura. So thank you both for that. Those memories are burned into my mind forever, along with the earache. So I'm up to 45,000 words. Boom, just like that. I spent a few hours on Saturday trying to get my post-mortem scene just right. Or should I say as realistic as a non-medical forensic pathologist can get them. I try really hard to make it authentic. And I've read and reread a fair few autopsy reports over the years. If you ever need to research anything of this matter, then the US is a wealth of information for them. It amazes me how much of what I would consider to be private and confidential stuff is thrown onto the internet for anyone to read. It can be very sobering indeed realising that the stuff you're reading about is actually real life people and not what somebody's made up. At one point, I would have been able to have loved being able to watch an actual post-mortem, as us Brits call them. And I did think about who I could ask at work to let me, but I chickened out of it. And I have seen lots of dead bodies. Not because I'm some kind of real-life serial killer, but I worked in a retirement home when I was 17 and bless their cotton socks, patients unfortunately died. That was the nature of the job and I'll never forget the first time I had to sit with someone whilst they took their last breaths because they had no family to sit with them. It was terribly sad but it was an honour to be able to do that last thing for them. So yeah, I've seen a fair few bodies and working for the police is quite similar. Guarding murder scenes, attending fatal accidents and waiting for undertakers to arrive and that kind of thing. It's all heartbreaking, but it does kind of get you used to dealing with death. So I think I'd managed to watch a post-mortem without passing out. Does anyone remember the opening scenes of Quincy or am I too old? He'd start up the striker saw ready to cut open the skull and the police officers would all faint collapsing like a row of dominoes. And of course things have totally changed now. They no longer make student officers attend post-mortems like they used to, which is probably a blessing in disguise. So I have just under three weeks until my deadline, which means if I can get around 13,333 words a week written, ha, have you noticed there's a pattern to my writing and reaching my word counts? In the beginning, it was 6,666 words a week I think I was supposed to write to meet my deadline. And although I love the number 13, because I'm not superstitious and I don't believe a number can be bad luck, it's just a little bit harder to reach. Have you ever thought about your story and what level of research it needs? 
I usually tend to try and write the story as best as I can and then go back and do a little more in-depth research if needed because it's so hard to not lose yourself once you start typing questions into Google. Look at me. I found autopsy reports for some very high-profile cases in the US and then found myself absorbed in reading them. And a couple of years ago, when I was writing the forensic pathologist Beth Adams series, I had to do so much research for those stories, and I'd printed off quite a few autopsy reports. I dug these out, and at the time, I hadn't even realised what cases they were for because I didn't recognise the names. But when I looked back again at the weekend, there was one for Amanda, no sorry, it's Elisa Lamb, no idea where Amanda came from who was found after being missing in 2013 from the Cecil Hotel in LA for 19 days. And bless her, she was found in the hotel's water tank on the roof. I don't know if you're familiar with the tragic case, but there is a whole host of internet sleuths who have spent years trying to get to the bottom of her disappearance. And there's a really interesting Netflix documentary about the case called The Vanishing at the Cecil Hotel. Elisa's case was also apparently the inspiration for the series of American horror story called Hotel, starring Lady Gaga, which I haven't watched yet, but I did love the very first series. The next report I looked at was for a lady and her unborn child, and this one gave me the absolute chills. At the time, I had no idea who Shannon Watts was, but again, because of a Netflix documentary called American Murder, a couple of years later, I was now fully aware of her. And this one was absolutely heartbreaking because not only did her husband, and I'm not even going to say his name because he doesn't deserve any kind of recognition, not only did he murder Shanann who was pregnant at the time in cold blood, he also murdered his two beautiful daughters, Celeste and Bella. And the whole case is just inconceivable. Real life can be so much crueler than fiction, as both of these cases prove. And bless them all, my heart goes out to their family and friends, I can't even begin to imagine what they are going through. But my point of all of this is that the research can take you to all sorts of dark places if you're not careful. Unless you're writing something light-hearted and fun, which I think I might have a go at, because I have this itching desire to write a trilogy about a family of witches, and whilst it might well, well, it will definitely have some deaths in it, they won't be as extreme or as brutal as the ones in my crime books. In fact, I have the first book in this series plotted out, so I might, if I get the time, start writing this one alongside Morgan's Dark Investigations just to keep my mind on the the straight and narrow. Well, that one took a bit of a turn, didn't it? There's some pretty heavy stuff in there to think about this week. So I'm going to have a little break and start writing that new series, just so I don't have too many bad dreams. And I hope I don't give you any either. So wherever you, you are... And whatever you're doing, take care, enjoy yourself and keep writing. If you'd like to check out my credentials to see if I know what I'm talking about, then head over to my Amazon page. And if you'd like to join a community of like-minded creatives, then head over to the Unleash Your Creative Magic Facebook group. I'll paste the links in the show notes. Thank you so much for listening. I honestly can't wait to speak to you in the next episode, where I'll dive into the process of how I wrote my first book. Until next time. Take care.